When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, and today I am joined by my main man, a very special guest to me, Zach Smith, host of Around the 412. Find you guys, what it's every week, right? Every week you guys yeah, drop, twice weekly. a week, I believe. Weekly. Over uh, YouTube, all audio platforms. I watch them in the shower. I was just telling them before the thing. Everybody thinks that they're famous every time you hear his voice. <laughs> the all-famous, the infamous Zachary Smith. We're going to talk Kenny Pickett, Steelers playoff hopes, everything in between heading into week 16. But first, as I start every show, how you feeling, my friend? I'm good, man. I actually want to give a shout out to you and uh, Derek, who also obviously part of this platform as well. Um I actually today have to go and drop off the stuff at the Salvation Army for rocking around the 412. Uh, And you and Derek have been supporters of that since we started the mission and obviously contributed. Um, So I can't thank both of you guys enough. And that's kind of where I wanted to start this because, uh, yeah, we we have this this nice little social media platform to to connect and stuff like that. But you guys have become very good friends of mine. And I can't, uh, on behalf of me and Tyler, tell you guys enough how much we appreciate it. No, nah, man, we appreciate you and all you guys do. I was going to plug that at the end here, but I'm glad that you just mentioned that. Is there still time to donate or is nah, it over? No, nah, we had to have that wrapped up uh, this past Saturday just because I need to know exactly how much money we had to work with. Uh, it was a little over $5,800 that was raised this year. Um, we know for sure 23 kids that we're going to be able to help, but we're still looking for some last minute uh, kids that we can maybe get involved just because like, there's still... So I had to have those donations cut off by Saturday, but by that point, I had already bought the gifts for all the families that we already have at this point. So anything that came in like Friday, Saturday, that money we now have available to maybe help out another kid or two. Um, so while the donations are done, not all the the children have been um, accounted for. So uh, nice. yeah, 25 kids or so. Um, last year was crazy, dude, like 30 kids across 13 different families. We raised like $11,000 last year. But uh, I mean, anything that we've been able to do since 2018, when we started the mission, we, uh, we raised $25,000. So yeah, really good stuff. And it's all thanks to everybody that's part of it. Like you and Derek. Yeah, no doubt, dude. It's my favorite thing to donate to every year. I'm a big, uh, I don't like to get things at Christmas. I like to just give everything away. And you guys are always First on my list, I actually almost missed it this year, which I'm glad that I saw somebody share it the other day. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot about this. That's my uh, Twitter hiatus. I try to stay off there as much as possible these days because I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. People just don't like me. You know, it is what uh, <laughs> it is, what it is. But everybody go follow yeah, that. Uh, it drops every year. Right? People like, like June, anybody. July. No. I don't think people like anybody that covers the Steelers. First off, I want to say that uh, no. July. Yes. Yeah, so we do a it was my mom's idea, actually. And she also came up with the name rocking around the 412 um, to do like a Christmas in July kickoff. So that's when we start the mission um, every year since the first year that we so year two was the first year that we did that. The first year we didn't even come up with like the idea of wanting to do something until like September or something like that. So that yeah. year we only raised like fifteen hundred dollars. But that was still obviously, you know, anything people were able to do. But to see what it's grown to to this point, like I said, when we got to five thousand dollars raised this year we had crossed twenty five thousand dollars in total raised since we started that's awesome yeah that's amazing all right everybody go check that out come july i'll make sure that i drop the link everywhere um let's talk steelers football kenny pickett coming back against the Mm -hmm. las vegas raiders christmas eve this is for some reason the game that everybody seems to highlight steven highlighted it the other day i had nick berlansky on here a week ago, he said the same thing. 
Derek, I believe, said the same thing. That this is the game that worries them. If you could get past the Raiders, mm. they feel that they could win out. Kenny Pickett's back. I want your thoughts on Kenny Pickett. And also, do you think that this is the game that the Steelers have to worry about the most? I was going to say, you know, I kind of share that sentiment just because of the historical context, you know, their issues with the Raiders. Um, you know, historically, the Raiders have given us trouble, whether it's at home or on the road. Um, I also look at what the cornerback room has been like, probably the weakness. I mean, really good performance against the Panthers from the defense. But I look at the cornerback performance and say that was probably the one thing that I can highlight in a negative way from that game. Um, and think about a guy like Devontae Adams on the other side who's going to give them fits, regardless of if they had a strong cornerback room or not. Um you know, and I, I think Derek Carr, who I've always been higher on, has taken a step back this year, which is odd considering you get a guy like Devontae Adams in that room. Um, but yeah, I, I think like even, you know, since the bye week, even with Cincinnati on the schedule um, and, and everybody else, this was the one game that I was looking at like, man, I, I this is one that I think, you know, we really got to worry about here just because it's it's just a letdown spot. I mean, you think about they're going to have the, you know, Franco and the Immaculate Reception stuff taking place, all the all the legends coming back into Pittsburgh for this night. And it just is kind of setting up for that letdown. Uh, on Christmas Eve. So I kind of share that sentiment uh, as far as this being the game to worry about. Um, and what was the other part? What was the other part of that? Because now I'm just Kenny stuck Pickett, on the, but, the but Before, before uh, we dive into Kenny, I do want to go off of that. So what's worse? Okay. So what's the worst yeah. situation for a Steelers fan to have Christmas ruined after James Frank or yeah, James Franco, Franco Harris's number gets <laughs> retired, the immaculate reception anniversary, the whole nine or Losing in week 18 to the Browns, you still had a shot going into the game, and it's your first matchup against Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I will say, I mean, just get me, get me as many games that are meaningful as possible. I mean, That's the fact heard, that, yeah. you know, I kind of go, go to this is the fact that so many people, if you go on social media and just follow Steeler fans and look at their tweets throughout the season. You would think that this is like the worst season the Steelers have ever had. And oh, the fact that we're even still me. talking about them having a shot at making the playoffs in a season like this is wild. So just give me as many meaningful games as possible. So I guess for that reason, I would rather have them continue to win and then lose in week 18 to the Browns, even though that would obviously suck. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you just need like some glimpse of how you you could see it so you could see it I, I go off of numbers and like how many people jump in the live streams how many people watch the 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 youtube channels the the audio how many people read my articles the whole nine and you could tell over the last two weeks like it has taken such a dramatic dip and like you know obviously it's me i suck but at the same time it's people are starting to give up on the season and that sucks to see because you don't want to you never want to be in a situation especially if you're the pittsburgh steelers where your fan base is like, all right, well, we're already looking on to next year. And next year, there's a lot of holes and we're going to dive into those holes. But like you just want to you want to hold on to that hope as as much as possible. I think this week is a good one. You win on Christmas Eve. You get people kind of like, you know, you get the energy flowing. And I think that moves us to Kenny Pickett. You know, like what Kenny Pickett has an opportunity to really shine a light on himself on Christmas Eve win against the Raiders who are like you said is not going to be an easy matchup by no means defensively but also offensively like you have a lot of you have a lot of things to overcome to beat this Raiders team who is you know I don't want to use the word red hot right now but you know they look good from time to time and sometimes they look very good Kenny has an opportunity to come in here make Christmas amazing for Steelers fans which is awesome you know he hasn't had an opportunity to really solidify himself this season in any big game he's either been hurt or you know, for some reason or another, something has happened. This is the opportunity in my head. He comes back. What are your expectations for Kenny? You high on him going into this? Or are you, uh, you a little shaky after he missed a game? No, I mean, I just hope he continues to build off what he was starting to put together prior to that injury. Uh, it's just so unfortunate because, like you said, like you're going to view him and I think a lot of people will based off what they do in big games and his first shot at playing against the Ravens, unfortunately, you know, he goes out with a concussion. Yep. So, you know, now to come back on Christmas Eve, like I said, with, with, you know, Franco and, and honoring him, getting his number retired, all those old ex Steelers there, all the legends in house. Um, this is another spot for him to just kind of like put a, not, not stamp yet, but take a step in showing that he can be a franchise quarterback for this team. Um, and, you know, all eyes going to be on him, obviously prime time on Christmas Eve, national audience, Yep. Um, I, I, it's, it's just funny to me that, you know, we were talking about, 
Uh, and I've seen this on Twitter a little bit, not saying that you're, you're there. Or, you know, I've even seen many people in the media say this, but it, it's funny to me that we were talking about, you know, should Mason Rudolph play over Mitch Trubisky? And, you know, now it's like, should we, people were saying, oh, should we even go back for, to oh, Kenny Pickett after the performance Mitch Trubisky had? <laughs> like, it's the people just search for this controversy. Um, but yeah, I guess my hope is just Kenny Pickett was really starting to put together some nice performances following the bye week. Um, you know, he's never going to light it up on the box score in this offense but not turning the football over, making plays with his legs, getting off that first read. You were starting to see some signs there taking steps forward. Uh, it's unfortunate that we that he took a step back and wasn't able to play against Carolina because especially with Carolina's defense, the way they looked in this game, that could have been another, you know, building block opportunity. Um, but I'm not worried about him, you know, going in and taking the next step and what we've started to see. Do you think that it is this offense? Do you think that's why he can't put up a big box score? Or do you think that it's, the development, you know what I mean? Like there's stages to this. You can't just, especially at the quarterback position. I was one to preach all off season. Kenny is going to suck his rookie year. Nine out of 10 offense or uh, quarterbacks who come into the NFL suck in their first season. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's taken steps way quicker than I expected him to. I think he looks good. Like I, I consider Kenny the quarterback of the future. I'm not trying to say he's not, but do you think that it's Matt Canada? Do you still think it's Matt Canada and this offense that, kind of stalls out Kenny or do you think it's just like this is where he is in the in the process you can't really have higher expectations I feel like it's kind of a cop-out but I feel like it's kind of all of it like I, I still okay. think like Matt Canada's offense is the biggest issue that's what I'm saying like I just don't think that a quarterback in this system is ever going to put up numbers that mm -hmm. people are it's gonna like wow you um i think that it's designed to have like a game manager type quarterback and you know you look at the weapons too i mean if steven sims is your number three option in a passing game and you're also built they, they want to run the ball i mean that's how they want this offense to, to be built um and they're starting to do so we've seen what they've done on the ground since the bye week so it, it's just to me not an offense where you're going to look at the box score at the end of the game and be like wow that quarterback really lit up the box score um and that's just i i think kind of but but him being a rookie as well still trying trying to learn the NFL people keep throwing like the the pro ready thing back in people's faces yeah. that were saying that being the most pro ready quarterback doesn't mean that they are NFL ready like it means yep. if you needed a guy to start a game in the NFL he was the best option to do so but yep. it's still the first time that he's seeing NFL defenses and it's the, the largest learning curve of any position in any sport to just jump into the NFL and play quarterback oh 100 there is nothing harder that's why that's why nine out of ten of them are good when they start off, like you can never have the expectation of this guy's going to win a Super Bowl. It's why none of them have ever done it. Like Ben is the closest quarterback to ever get there. And I think Steelers fans, you know, myself included, I grew up a Steelers fan and I grew up like Ben was the first quarterback I ever knew. And what I learned is that, oh, OK, this these people just come in here and they're phenomenal. Like they're just Ben Roethlisberger. It is what it is. Not, no, that's not how it works. Like you have to adjust to the NFL. Yeah, and I think Kenny Pickett's going to get there. Like, I think next season, if the expectation was, okay, the Steelers should win the AFC North and they should make a run and Kenny should be a pretty good quarterback, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that is what that's where the bar should be. But this year, I thought they've smoked the bar. Like, where I had the Steelers at the beginning of the season and where I have them right now, I was like, well, I never saw this coming. Like, a, a shot for the playoffs, six and eight. I thought they'd win six games total on the season. And, you know, maybe that could still happen, but I don't expect it to. And I think it's because Kenny has come in here and proven a lot of people wrong, myself included, about how quickly he could actually adjust to the NFL. Um, this is this is obviously a joke because I do not take it seriously. But there are a lot of people out there that drop it in the comments all over Twitter, the whole nine. I asked Derek. He laughed. Do you think that he's uh, you think that he's worse than Brock Party? Do you think the Steelers messed up by not taking Mr. Irrelevant instead of a first-round quarterback? You know what that is to me? It's another indictment of Kyle Shanahan's offense, how easy he makes it for quarterbacks. I mean, look at the the track record there. Like, Not that Matt Ryan was a bad player, but to have him win MVP, what he did with RG3 in Washington. I mean, we could sit here and I could look up his track record and go on and on about the situations that he puts quarterbacks in and the success that they've had. Um, I, I just think that that's more of an indictment of what they've surrounded him with with in the offense that he plays in as opposed to Kenny Pickett's offense. Um, I know that you're, you know, this is a meme and I saw it on Twitter and stuff like that. But uh, I mean, hey, that's great for Brock Purdy, though. I'm not trying to take away from him. He certainly exceeded expectations for a Mr. Irrelevant in year one. Um, you know, he's probably done more yeah. in, the, in this in this stretch of games than people thought he would in his career. So, you know, he's taken this opportunity and run with it. Uh, 
great for him, but but no, I, I don't think that you know this makes him a better prospect or better player than Kenny Pickett. Do you think that if the Steelers drafted a quarterback this offseason, which I think is is very possible, not like an early quarterback, a late round quarterback, just a backup, you know, get somebody else in there that you don't have to go spend money on. Do you expect there to be like a little bit of tension within the fan base of, you know, maybe a little quarterback controversy that they want to stir up? Yeah, because it's like they look for it. You know, the the same reason that I just mentioned, it's like. We had Kenny in there, everybody, but you still had a part of the fan base that never wanted to switch from Mitch. He wasn't the problem. And then you had Kenny in there. Kenny gets hurt. Mitch, you know, throws three interceptions in that game, which was very winnable. And then you have people talking about should Mason start this game, who, you know, Mason had been written off by the fan base and everybody wanted to run him out of town. Now he was in a position where people wanted him to start. And then Mitch doesn't turn the ball over and they win. And now it's, oh, should he continue to start over Kenny Pickett? Yep. People look for these conversations to happen. So, yeah, when the Steelers do add a quarterback in some fashion, because I don't think that like, I mean, do you want to bring Mitch back as the backup at what he's at what he's going to cost right now? I don't know that Mason, although he's been very professional this season, would necessarily want to come back into no. this situation. You would never, um, never. Yeah. Would so, you bring Mitch so to back? me? Would you bring Mitch back? Um, back? I just, I, I, I just think that they can get a back quarterback for cheaper than what he's going to cost. So I don't yeah. think that you can. Um, I think you would have to like, and again, would he even want this to happen? I think that you would have to cut him and then re-sign him at a lower number. Um, and I don't, I just don't think that he would do that. I just think you can get another back quarterback for like you know two and a half, three million dollars as opposed to five to eight. Yeah. So I agree. I, I agree. Don't. I think it'd have to take it have to come down to the money. I also don't think Mitch is a guy that wants to come back. You know, you get booed at home in your first ever game in Pittsburgh. I don't know if I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to return next season to these guys, even though, you know, the, there has been love for Mitch Mason. There's not a chance if Mason came back next year. I, it would it would blow my mind. Like there's there's one image I, I think of or one story. My first year in the locker room was Artie Burns's last year with the Steelers. And at the end of the season, there's like the locker clean out day where the media gets to go in and talk to these guys. And our Artie is filling a garbage bag with the stuff in his locker. And I went over to talk to him and he was like, I was like, yo, you got a couple minutes. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm actually going to I got to go somewhere real quick um, and I'll come back and catch me. And I was like, all right, sounds good. And I talked to him for two, three minutes. And essentially the interview, which I did not put out there was yes i'm very excited to get out of here i have all the respect in the world for the pittsburgh steelers i cannot wait to leave and i was like all right yeah i get it and i think mason's the same way i think at some point you just realize this isn't the place you want to be anymore it's time to move on and you know especially the way they've pulled him around like mason has been a prop doll for the last two years and it just hasn't been can't be good for the ego it can't be good for the mentals any of that so i would think he's gone do you have a quarterback in mind that you've thought of and said maybe these guys could go get him in the offseason uh the only one that i thought of although like he might be looking for another starting job somewhere would be like a gardner Minshew, who's in philly right now and he's gonna have i a knew you were to gonna say that name. games yeah he's gonna have a chance to start a couple games now with jalen hurts being banged up um which he could parlay that into like a mitch trubisky potentially opportunity somewhere else where it's like yeah. he goes somewhere you know they're going to add a quarterback in the draft or something um but maybe he starts a few games at the beginning of the season and can turn that into something else the following one or obviously you know stay there if that guy gets hurt or doesn't pan out and the team's in contention wants to make a switch i don't know um I, I just I, I I don't I haven't dove into it a ton. I just have a hard time thinking at his price tag. We're going to see Trubisky back as the backup next year. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's way too much money. We'll we'll see. Josh Dobbs is a name I've tossed out there a couple of times. I think he <laughs> another reunion. Yeah, another re- like just makes sense. You know what I mean? Like he might, he's a guy that at worst he could come in here and be a third string at best. He's a quality backup and he's a super smart guy. Mike Tomlin loves him. I, I think he helps all around. Uh, There is a free agent I want to toss out there that I tossed out today, this morning. I was listening to Bussin' with the Boys with Will Compton and Taylor Luan. And, you know, if you haven't listened to that, I think they're good. I think that show is phenomenal, uh, except for when, dude, it's a great, it's a great podcast. Although I listened to the Pivot one the other day, that's from like a year ago or whatever. Didn't enjoy that at all. There's just too many people in that bus. Ryan Clark talks way too much. I have a lot of respect for Ryan Clark and what he does, but, you know, sometimes you just got to sit back. Um, but Taylor was on there talking about his situation with the Tennessee Titans. And he said, very, very straightforward. I believe that they're going to cut me. 
you know, he's a nine-year vet. He's had two torn ACLs in the last three seasons, which is very concerning, and he's about to get $14 million next year. He expects to be a free agent come February, March. If you're the Steelers and you're you're just looking for options at left tackle, I believe, is that a name you would consider, or is his injury troubles just too much to, to go out and reach out? Yeah, it's tough because you mentioned, obviously, he's, he's second torn ACL this season. Um, and he also, after the first one, they didn't, I guess, like it didn't heal the right way. He had to have a follow up. He actually missed five games the following season due to having to get that cleaned up even more. And he said, like, he still hasn't felt the same. He needs a follow up this time. Um, he's openly talked about not just his uncertainty with the Titans, but like football in general. Um, being due like 14.7 or whatever it is next season, but with the Titans not having any dead cap, if they cut him, it does seem likely that that is the case. 31 years old. Um, I, I kind of view it like an Eric Fisher situation last year where like a lot of people mm. were clamoring to take a flyer on him. I, I can't say that I would mind it, but if you're going into the season uh, with him being like stamped as your left tackle, I think that that's kind of dangerous. Obviously, you have like Dan Moore who hasn't necessarily taken the next step in year two like we would have hoped after a promising rookie season for a fourth round rookie. Um, yeah. I, I So maybe because he's in house and you have a fallback option, it could be, you know, more worthwhile or enticing. I just think that the route to go is to finally invest in it in the draft. And, I, and you know, I know that we're going to talk about that, but um. I, so I guess I'm on the fence. I, I don't mind them taking a flyer, but I don't think you can pay him like your, you know, guaranteed left tackle. Do you, so is that where you would go in the first round of the draft is you'd go left tackle over any other position? So it's tough because I'm of the mindset that you can't just go into the draft and say, we're taking this position. Cause then you, you could miss out on getting the best possible player by doing so, you know, give me a situation where, Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, and Broderick Jones are all gone. I probably wouldn't want the Steelers to go tackle in that situation just yeah. to take a tackle, um, especially because what could be on the board there at like corner um, or something like that, where there's like five or six guys that I personally think should go round one. I don't think that they all do, but then in that case, that could be more beneficial to the Steelers who are going to have one of the first, you know, two or three picks in round two, thanks to the yeah. Bears to take one in that spot. So while tackle is like my ideal situation, I think, I don't think I can go into it thinking they got to take a tackle regardless because then, you know, the, the, the value might not match up. So where is your, where's your line of, you have to sign somebody as well as an emergency blanket or like a, a bridge left tackle to where you're like, okay, I no longer feel because in my eyes, like second round picks are good. They don't always pan out as a rookie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that like, are you, are you comfortable walking into the season with a second round pick as a, as your starting left tackle for Kenny Pickett, who like that is you, you want, this is the year you have to invest in your left tackle one way or the other, Absolutely. because you can't walk yeah. into next season risking this guy's health. Or is it like, like, where's your line? Where's that line before it's okay. We also have to have a security blanket. Well, yeah, it would be if they don't get one in the first round, in my opinion, just because to me, there's only like, and this could be me being a little bit lower on the tackle class as opposed to most people. And granted, I haven't done a ton of tape watching yet on these guys. Um, there's only three guys that I would feel really good about plugging and playing at left tackle next year. And those are the three names I just mentioned. So um, what also gives me a little bit of pause, though, and I want to mention this before we continue on with the offensive line talk is, and I've talked with Ramon Foster, former Steeler, about this before, um, is you don't want to continue to bring in new pieces on the offensive line because, like, we've seen them start to grow here and get some cohesion. They're playing better since the bye week. Clearly, there's still a lack of talent there. And that's why I think, you know, the biggest cap tip of all the Steeler season could go to Pat Meyer the offensive line coach for bringing oh, these yeah, guys 100%. along. Um, 100%. But to me, you don't want to just continue to bring in new pieces, whether that's through the draft or free agency, just because now you're starting to mess with that continuity that they've, that they've gained and that traction they've started to build. So um, while like tackle to me, and I think it's better to go in the draft just because those guys are still so moldable and coachable. They haven't experienced NFL life yet. If you go out and bring in another outside free agent, they just brought in two last year. You're going to have these guys that already have been accustomed to life a certain way in the NFL and probably have their own style of doing things. And you got to start teaching them the ropes and now they got to be brought in and how things work here and stuff like that. So that to me is why I'm going draft route for the tackle spot. I think it's much easier to get a corner or something like that, like a day one start or not day one but you know a guy that can start immediately 
um, in free agency at cornerback or something like that. Like they need help on the D line too. I mean, you yeah. know, we could talk about their needs all day, but um, to me, if they don't get one of those top three tackles, I, I don't think that it's that's a plug and play guy. I agree. I agree. I, that that's a good point. Like your your cohesion point is very something I haven't really thought about because you want the talent and like you want them to mesh, but at the same time you want the right pieces to be meshing instead of like you can't have Dan Moore Jr. as your left tackle for the next ten years. Yeah, you just right. you just can't. But at the same time, you can move him down to guard if if they're open to that. I don't know if they are right now, but and then you only have to replace one piece to the to the offensive line instead of two. But I agree, like you don't that that might remove the whole Taylor Luan question because at that point you're thinking, okay, do you, are you going to go another piece to the year for one year and then plug a rookie in and then have everybody adapt? And at that point. Mason Cole's contracts up. So you have to work with that one at that point, James Daniels contracts up. So you have to work with that one at that point, you know, you're going to figure out chooks. You have to figure out your left guard because, you know, Kevin Dodson's not sticking around forever. If, if he even sticks around next season, I agree. I think to me, that that's, that could, to uh, me, that's the one that I think before, even before Dan Moore, I think Kevin Dodson's spot left guard is the one that I would say has the best chance of turning over next year. You're you're replacing. I would agree with that. Like it, that, it has the best shot of being turned over. I think that you mm-hmm. like. There is nothing keeping Kevin Dotson in that starting role this year. Are you? But where are you personally? Do you replace the left tackle? Or you replace oh, well, Kevin Dotson first. Due to positional value and left tackle being the most important one on the offensive line, that is the one that I'm upgrading. I'm just from what I've heard and what I've seen, it seems like left guard has a better shot of turning over next year than left tackle. Um, and that's probably just because you look at, you know, Kevin Dotson was here a year before uh, Dan Moore Jr. was. So you have another year on Dan Moore's contract. Yeah, it's very true. I don't know. I think that you replace them both, move on from there. Have you been impressed with uh, Mason Cole and? James Daniels enough to keep him. Yeah, I mean for sure James Daniels. And I and I look at Mason Cole when he was playing, you know, really well up until he got that foot injury, which I think has kind of been nagging him since then. But you know, credit to him. I think that he's he's looked healthier and better the last couple of weeks as this run game started to gain some traction. But to me, those are the two guys, and I just mentioned, you know, bringing them in as outside free agents that have been their two best offensive linemen this year. Um, so you know, all credit in the world to to the uh you know, scouts for uh, NFL scouts for bringing them in, not obviously the draft ones, but um, in the organization for finding these guys, you know, I, James Daniels to me, I don't know why Chicago let him get away. Mason Cole was kind of an undervalued guy in Minnesota was kind of like a, a swing interior offensive lineman type that you didn't think was like a, a plug and play starter, but could be like a depth option that could play center or guard, but he's, he's panned out very well in my opinion. But I think the thing with him too, and, and this is interesting too, because people brought up, maybe you get a center and let Mason Cole take that left guard spot from Dodson. So I think that could be another potential option. I don't know though, because at that point you'd have to really evaluate positions and who's available because at that point you're you're getting Kenny adjusted to Mason Cole and Mason Cole is like yeah the vocal point of that offensive line this season Dan James Daniels is like the leader the quote-unquote leader he's the guy teaching everybody he's the veteran presence but Mason Cole is like the quote he he is a center you just you know like you talk to Marquise Pouncey you just you're like oh that guy plays center Mason Cole you're like oh that guy plays center I, I think that to move him you're gonna for one have to adjust to a new center if you're Kenny Pickett and you're going to have to hope that he works out at left guard and that the new center works out instead of just finding a a guard. You know what I mean? I feel like you could yeah. you could keep No, Mason it, Cole it's not what I would do. Time. Um but the the Michigan center, which is funny cuz Mason Cole also comes from Michigan. Uh Olu Aluatami, yeah. uh he yep. just won the the Remington. Um you know, people have thrown out his name like, you know, maybe you bring him in and him maybe Mason Cole does stay at center. This guy plays guard. You know, people have just thrown his name around there. Just that's a way to upgrade center or guard, regardless of how which one you know is playing where. But to your point, like Kenny Pickett this year, he's taking all these reps from Mason Cole. As long as it's working, Mason Cole has worked at center. Why would you even you know mess with that? No, that's exactly how I look at it. You replace Dan Moore, you replace Kevin Dotson, you keep everybody else. You got to make a decision on Chooks. I guess that's that's the perfect way to end this offensive line talk. Do you? If if the season ended today, would you resign or not resign? But would you keep Chooks next season, even though his cap hit takes such a, a huge spike, or do you get rid of him? Um, you know, it's it, he's the he's literally here. 
you know, for people that are watching, I'm just drawing a straight line because I don't think there's anywhere up or down to go from him. He just is what he is. You know, it's crazy because he's still relatively young, like because he came in as such a young player. Um, but I think he's really good in pass pro just doesn't offer a lot in the run game, but like, I think he's fine. Um, and to your point, when they signed that three-year extension, it was really a one-year extension. And they would go from there to see how that year one went. Um, but to go back to my point about continuity and wanting to keep pieces in place as long as you can, like, I don't think he's done anything to necessarily warrant moving on from, and you got to keep some guys, you know, in house, you just can't keep turning over. Like, I, I don't think that he's been bad enough to warrant moving on from him. I think he's been fine. And he has been the one guy that's kind of been around, you know, being here since 2018. So he's kind yeah. of become, while you mentioned like James Daniels coming in and being like a vocal leader for them and stuff like that. I think Chooks, because of how long he's been in that locker room and, you know, going back to, again, a conversation I've had with Ramon has kind of taken on that role as like, you know, the, the tenured guy. Yeah, he is. He He's definitely like the uh, consistency. I believe, mm -hmm. which is good. Like you definitely want that. There's concerns though. Like the guy's got absolutely zero ability to run block whatsoever. In, in my opinion, yep. like, you know, you evaluate this guy week after week and you're like, okay, well you can't run to the right side because that's just not his game. But, but a $9 million spike. I don't know. That's concerning to me. It's something that you have to, I think, take into consideration once you have a full roster, like once you're looking at, okay, well we need to do this. We need to do that. You know, it is, an inside linebacker more valuable than a just baseline right tackle. How how much better can Chooks get? You know, because like you said, he is he's what twenty four years old still. He's still very young. Can he can he improve to a thirteen million dollar a year right tackle? I just think there's a lot of questions. I I I don't expect him to leave, but I think it's very brushed under the rug of how. I don't know, like how his value is not going to match his consistency next season. And because of that, I just think that I think it needs to be addressed. Like I'm I'm a Truke's supporter. You know, he's a terrible interview, so it doesn't help my job. But, you know, <laughs> when it comes to evaluating offenses, I think he's just fair. Like he's he's not a guy that I'd be like, oh, this is a problem with the offense. I think it's the other side of the offensive line. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot. Of, and your point of the consistency, I think, is is the biggest thing with the Steelers right now. It's not that I haven't thought about, so I'm glad that you brought that up, where it could definitely could definitely work in his favor. Um, I want to say one other thing, too, about this is I look at, and this isn't, you know, me advocating for overpaying guys during this either, but when nobody's really making any money on the offense, like not just the offensive line, the offense in general, I think it's more palatable for him to be making what he's going to next year. You know, when you still have a guy under a rookie contract, a quarterback, you're running back, you haven't paid, you know, Pat yet. Like Deontay Johnson right now is really the only guy making money on this offense. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have four years, five years before you have to worry about cap hits. If you're Pittsburgh, like whatsoever. The only issue is how many defensive guys can you sign to major contracts before you're like, okay, right. this has come back to bite me in the butt. Mm -hmm. And I think next season they're going to see that where it's like, okay, Cam's contract is rough and it's maybe not warranted. And Deontay's is maybe not warranted, but they're there and we got to keep them. And they're not guys that you're going to get rid of. So you just have to live with it. But I agree with that. Like until Kenny is on his second contract or approaching it, you don't have to worry about a thing if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you could do whatever. You could go sign anybody. That was my argument with everybody was talking. Oh, Debo Samuel's is a is a myth that'll never happen. I'm like, dude, if they offered him enough money, anything could happen. Anything in the world could happen because if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have no worries financially until Kenny Pickett's on a second contract. That's just what you could go. You could assign Chase Claypool in the offseason, Alex Highsmith, and then just been like, all right, well, we you know we have to find scrubs everywhere else, but. We don't have a, a quarterback contract, so we got all the room in the world, and that's just that's just what it happens. Teams win Super Bowls on rookie contracts because of this, and mm -hmm. I think the Steelers have to take full advantage of that. <clears throat> all right, last thing I want to talk about before I let you go is uh, Mike Tomlin addressed the disciplinary actions, concerns, I guess, of the Pittsburgh Steelers in recent weeks. I think it goes far beyond Marcus, Marcus Allen's the dumbest penalty of all time. <laughs> like that was oh my god yeah. what, what yep. are your what was your thought there what was your thought watching the television seeing because like you know you saw the flag and then they showed the replay i wasn't in carolina and you're like is he in there's a coach right there that's a coach's huddle he's on the sideline what are you doing was, what were right. your thoughts 
So I wish it was like all live because they came back from commercial and then we realized that there was a flag throw and they show the replay of Marcus over there talking to them. But it's just it's such a Marcus Allen thing to do that. I mean, for whatever, like he is just so juiced up during literally every snap that he's on the field because it's like it's maybe a 10 a game Allen that he gets thing. the opportunity. Yeah, it's just such an opportunity like for him to just be a part of something when he like I said, he only is playing like eight to 10 snaps a game. Um I, but like you said, literally the dumbest thing that I've ever seen a player do. And, you know, for him to, because the Steelers had just gotten the Panthers in a position where they're about to punt. Luckily, it didn't turn to seven, just three points, but still, it should have never happened. And you almost started to feel like that could be a turning point of the game because then the Steelers do get the ball back after that. They punt it back to Carolina. Carolina goes down and scores. And it's just like now it's a one possession game at that point. And it almost turned this game to, you know, where we would have been on the edge of our seats, uh, you know, thinking Carolina's got a chance to tie it here and send it to overtime. Um, And Marcus Allen, it's just he doesn't bring enough value to the team to do that. I mean, this is a guy that was already cut before the season and brought back. Um, So on the opposite side of like, you know, Deontay Johnson, who took a penalty earlier in the game for taunting, it's like Deontay Johnson is. Yeah, that that penalty should not have been thrown is I, I agree, but. You know, that's people are going to probably try to argue that Um, he's providing value to the team where it's like Marcus Allen maybe makes a special teams tackle here and there. But again, a guy that was already cut earlier in the season and brought back like it's just for him to do that. He's the 53rd member of the team. They caught him at the beginning of the year and he was walking around the locker room telling everybody I'll be back tomorrow. They told me I'll be back tomorrow. You want to know why I'll be back tomorrow? Because they knew not a soul in the NFL was going to touch him. They were just going to let him walk through waivers and then they'd resign him because they had to put guys on IR. I mean, he does not hold the the ground to go do something like that. And then, you know, I, I didn't expect I never expected Mike Tomlin to come out here and be like, oh, yeah, I scolded him, and this is the disciplinary or whatever. Like, right. I never expected that. But then Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette comes out on the fan and says, oh, he he said uh, on the sideline, keep trucking. And am I, I'm like, what does that mean? Keep tr- You just keep trucking where? To the penalties? Because that is not allowed <laughs> to happen whatsoever. I think just the big question is, like, do you think that the – there's a grip here you know i've been in in locker rooms of years past where as little things like like the music that you know i'm not going to say his name but somebody decided to just let that out there when it was two months old and and literally the smallest deal of all time where marcus is like refusing to not play music during media sessions and like i get it it's your locker room whatever ben would walk over there and shut his music off i've been in a locker room where people have tried to play music and ben have Ben has literally walked over, shut it off, walked away. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard horror stories of Troy, like that he like smashed radios. Like these guys were just like very, we are focused on football. Marcus comes in here, he's got a big issue, whatever. And then this happens, you know, is there like, I, I don't know, like, are you, are you worried that like the 53rd guy on the roster, just the, nobody could have a grip of him? Like you should have a grip of this guy. This guy should never be an issue whatsoever. Is it a problem that he is? And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that it is. I just want your opinion. Yeah, I just I don't think that we have a pulse on what those conversations behind closed doors are like. Um, I just I think that we have an idea and we like, you know, social media is going to paint it in a certain way that like Tomlin doesn't have control of this guy or anything like that just because of he won't like throw him under the bus publicly. But that doesn't mean he's not having conversations with him in private about, you know, not doing these things. I think no, if we yeah, see him go is. out there, if we see him go out there again, like next week and do something similar, then it starts to become an issue. Like, I think when you get to the point of it being like a repeat offender, then that's when what, you start the what if it's a repeat offender of the team like what is it and again i'm not trying i'm not trying to persuade an argument one side or the other just laying out what's happened this season george pickens has been kicked out of a game for a very frustrating thing and it was at the end of the game so it's whatever but he was mm-hmm. he he made it very known nobody said a word to me about it it was whatever then he freaks out coming off to the sideline and no, no, no. You could go farther back than that. Deontay Johnson and Mitch Trubisky are fighting at halftime so much so that you have to bench your starting quarterback for a rookie. And that is the worst way to po- to possibly toss Kenny Pickett into the NFL. And then 
George Pickens freaks out coming out the sideline. That is totally, he, he made that known again. That's the media. The media is the wrong one here. It is not me. I didn't do anything wrong. Nobody said anything to me. And then this happens. Like, is it like, that's a lot of things. It's a lot of things in one season to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is fine. This is no big deal. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I, I think that it definitely is something. I just don't think it's as big of a deal as people are going to make it. It's something for sure. Oh, people are. I, I think I'm the only one making a big deal out of it. And I don't want to make like such a huge deal out of it. But at the same time, like, I think that I think that two was a here's the thing. Six. Here's the thing is, I think with with you covering the Steelers, obviously, you see a lot more than, you know, the fans are going to see with a team like that. Yeah. And that is, you know, the team that you see the most of. I think things like this are relatively common around the NFL. And okay. we just don't see it because you know, you're covering the Steelers. You're not covering. I'll yeah. use the Patriots because people want to use them as the example because of Belichick. I think that there's a lot more that goes on with the Patriots that just doesn't get out to the public or you don't see and isn't talked about for that reason. That's very true. That's a very good point. That's a very good point that I am just so tunnel visioned to the Steelers that I don't see the problems around the NFL. You could be spot on. And like in years past, I've let everything go. Like the AB nonsense, I thought he's handled well. Um, I saw something, the blunt bros in here of, you know, Le'Veon and Garrett. And yeah, I didn't think that was, I thought that was a whatever type situation. The juju TikTok dances, whatever type situation, you know, maybe maybe it's just me. And I think to, you know, to your point, AB has starred us to the point where it's like, and we came in with some concerns about, you know, George Pickens, non-football stuff. So it's when you start to see some flashes of those things kind of seeping through, you start to get a little bit worried. Like, okay, we really got to like rein this guy in because he is a very special gifted athlete. Hopefully he can reach that ceiling and not get in his own way of doing so. Yeah. And I look at, I don't want to bring this in. And I think at some point the Steelers are going to watch one of these and realize that I've given out this information and have a huge problem with it, but I do not care. Uh, you know, I'm always a ask for forgiveness instead of permission type of guy. I think a big issue with George Pickens is that concerns me is that he is in the corner with Devin Bush in the locker room and there is nobody there to like kind of guide him away from the nonsense that ca- that Devin Bush tosses out there. And I'm a big critic of Devin Bush. Like, I think that, you know, his attitude towards the media and towards how to handle himself in the NFL is all wrong. And I think that George is like, I've, I've seen the change. Like when George came in here, he was very, like I, I came on here and was very like adamant about, Oh, George is a good dude. Like this guy's very polite. He calls you, sir. You know what I mean? Like he's just a genuine guy. And I've seen that Mm -hmm. just decline, you know? And, And I think part of it's the media. I think part of it's us like having to constantly talk about how bad the Steelers are and what the issues are and the quarterback situation and blah, blah, blah. And then his issues as well. But I also think part of it's like the people that you surround yourself with in that locker room are the people that are going to mold you. And Kenny Pickett got put next to Cam Hayward. I think that's a huge upside. And George Pickens got put de- next to Devin Bush. And I don't know, there's a reputation in that corner that is long foreseen. You know, it, that was the AB corner. That was the I'm oh, not going to wow. name all the guys, but it's that it's that corner. There's a name for that corner. I won't say it out loud, but you know, there it's it's got the a bad reputation. Pass is still haunting it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot, <laughs> and it goes far before that. The players that have been there have just always been like, yikes, like Martavius Bryant. You know what I mean? Like, there's just been those guys that have been concerning figures, and I think George is there, and I would like to see him move away from that because just like you said dude there's so much upside here like this dude's going to be such a superstar in the nfl do not let poor attitude beat you in the nfl and it will these days like it's social media is so present that you know you're bad you're bad you know people are going to get word of it and you don't you don't want that out there you just don't oh god that's uh i'm getting this guy out of here there's a guy in the comments who's just been going way too hard and just not a fan. Um, what is it? Is it uh, like Tomlin related with what we're talking about? With no, nah, no. Nah. First, he was like hoping that uh, Kenny Pickett got a concussion, and now he's you know pulling out another thing that I don't uh, I don't agree with. Um, 
You know what? Wait, yeah. I want to ask you about something because I saw this on Twitter today too, like shutting down Kenny Pickett for the season because of having two oh. concussions. I, I think that that's something that like people don't talk. You hear concussion and it's just like such a scary thing with the information that we have now. And like rightfully so, because any head injury, yeah. we know the long-term effects of that and stuff like that. But I think the other thing that like needs to be taken into consideration anytime that you talk about a concussion is these are like non-linear injuries. You could wake up one day and feel concussion symptoms, wake up the next day and feel completely fine. Um, that's why it's so important to rely on, you know, the medical information, the team doctors and stuff like that. Anybody that isn't around this guy and evaluating him should not have an opinion in my in, in my opinion on how oh, he's handling this. So, like to just say, oh, because this guy's had two concussions in his rookie season, he shouldn't play again. Like this it's, year, it goes the uh, it goes both it's ways. It's it's the same guys that are stirring the the whole. Uh, you don't know how many people I've had to like just fire back on and be like, look it, look, I get that you heard that from somewhere. This is not firsthand information trying to tell me that Kenny Pickett was not diagnosed with a concussion his first time around. Like he wasn't diagnosed. He was just put in the concussion protocol. No, the Pittsburgh Steelers said word for word, Kenny Pickett has a concussion. He is out of the football game with a concussion. Didn't say protocol, didn't say evaluated, said out with a concussion. And it goes both ways. Like, dude, you're, if you're not a doctor, don't talk brain injuries. Like your brain's bleeding. I have no idea what's going on up there. I don't know. I like, if I had a concussion tomorrow, I'd be going to work the next day and I'd be going to the gym the day after that. You want to know why? Because I'd have no idea how to handle the situation. And I bet you it'd be all wrong. These guys have paid doc like so many doctors. I think people overlook that part too. Like they're like, oh, the team doctor. No, go walk inside one of these facilities. It, it is a there is a hospital. There is a a literal like seven, eight doctor tables you know what i mean 15 people in there working on players a billion different machines like no yeah there's you know they, they know what you're talking about everybody else no way and you should never shut down a player because of i mean like if it's health related and your season's over that's fine if it's like oh we don't want to risk a third concussion in the season i get that too but you know if you're just being like over cautious more you know the season's still on the line. Like, what are you going to do there? You yeah. know, like, no, I just don't think on? it's something for like a, a fan with no knowledge of the situation on a day to day basis should have an opinion on. That no, was my point. no, I totally agree with that one. And that's how it is. Every medical procedure should be that way. You know what I mean? Like, let the doctors do their thing. Follow the updates. Don't ever give your opinion. That's just it's a rule to rule to live by. Um, yeah, Anthony knows what's up. We're all couch coaches here. Um, <laughs> all right, before before I let you go, last last yes. question I got for you. Pittsburgh Steelers, Brian Backo. Shout out to Brian Backo. He told me this the other day. I had to bring it up here. Pittsburgh Steelers, week 18, already eliminated from the playoffs. They're home against the Cleveland Browns. Overtime. Okay, this is the situation. Oh, Overtime. Tied game. The Cleveland Browns, they take it down, kick a field goal. Okay. The Steelers take it down now. And you got to remember it's overtime. Clock's kick, ticking down. They're at the two-yard line, one-yard line, whatever. One second left on the clock. If you're Mike Tomlin, and at this point, you win out. You're 8-8. Eight and eight. You're sitting there at 8-8. Eight and eight. You're Mike Tomlin. Are you kicking a field goal? Going 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, keeping that streak alive? Or are you trying to win the game? No, I'm trying. I'm trying to win. The well, first off, not that this would necessarily play into the Steelers' minds, but you said the Steelers are eliminated. Are the Browns also eliminated? Or if the Browns win, do they have a shot at the playoffs? Um, no. Let's go. Both teams are eliminated. This does like yeah. the, the, okay. nothing's on the line except for Tomlin's winning streak. Yeah. I, so you know, Tomlin has opened like that's not the bar like he does not care about being 500 the players might for him to try to keep that streak going i don't think that being 500 is that big of an importance uh to him and i think in a situation like that i would personally like to see them go for it yeah. i'm trying to get into his mind though just what because you while you know okay. like they preach aggressiveness and not living in their fears but like we see him go against that literally all the time every um, single time yeah uh i would go for the touchdown i think they kick the field goal <laughs> i'm so happy that you answered that way because when i was asked when brian asked me this 
I said, well, you got to go for it. Like you can't go up to the podium after the game and be like, yeah, we kicked the field goal. We thought that tying the game was the best option. We didn't want to end. You never know when that, when that tie is going to come back to help you in the future. Like, you, you know, some nonsense thing like that. But I was like, there's no, like, you can't do that. You can't, you, how do you walk up to, how do you go into the locker room and be like, that a boy guy yeah. way to end it on a, on a neutral note there way to just. Yeah, I mean, game. Do anything for that. No, no, no result really does anything for them. It's no, just, no, no. It's just the streak. It's just and honestly, the if you're in in and I'm never going to be this type of person. Like I'm anti-tank. I want to win every game, regardless of if it helps draft draft position or not. But like theoretically, if you're already limited from playoff position, winning that game only hurts you. So like Yeah, true. True. Does he pull that excuse out? Well, we wanted to help our draft stock. Oh, <laughs> uh, I couldn't. Uh, I'm glad that you answered that because I, my first thought was like, "There's no way they would." Yeah, kick I that could literally, goal. I could literally be talked into anything here. I could, I could be talked into them punting the ball, just punting the ball back to Cleveland and ending the game. They could do just that. To, they would just do to that. lose and <laughs> be like, ah, you know, clock man. It was important to get Presley had to get. We had to evaluate Presley for next season. So that's just how it is. I wow, wow. I'm gonna clip this as soon as we get off of this and. <laughs> That's gonna be the first thing on YouTube is Zach Smith believes that the maybe Steelers they'd punt. kick it. <laughs> maybe they'd kick it. Wow. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate you, my man. We're heading out of here. Thank you everybody for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers Talk, anywhere you get your audio podcast. Uh Zach, I want you to plug all your stuff around the 412, your Twitter, the whole nine. Uh, yeah, you can find me personally on anything at Zachary Smith PGH. That's Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. A little TikTok uh, action there. Yeah. Uh, and then around the four. Just so everybody can... knows. I'm sorry. Just so everybody knows. Yes. Zach's TikToks are not. They're not funny. They're not the. They're not the breakdown of analysis. This man dances. This is this man does the dances. So uh, it's, it's it's become a mixture. Like there's a lot of anti Matt Canada TikToks now that are on there as well. So. <laughs> um I but love yeah that. love to dance um and then around the 412 also that's at around the 412 on everything twitter instagram tiktok there as well uh and then our youtube search around the 412 like and subscribe you can find us on uh, any audio platform as well yep no doubt and uh i'm gonna make him promise that i go on there soon somebody make sure to stay tuned <laughs> for that one um, i mean I yeah appreciate maybe you could you show everybody. up uh maybe you could show up in a suit again like you did on draft night on draft night hey look at i was the yeah. best looking guy in my apartment building that night okay i was True. i went to i went to the vending machine like four times just so i could make sure i walked out of my house <laughs> and it's, i wore the pants and everything all night long. i felt fantastic yeah. little does anybody know that draft night is so crazy that you are slamming red bulls and energy drinks like there's no tomorrow and that's when bang energy drinks like just hit the market so mm. i drank like three of those that day like i wouldn't even say that day like within like a four hour period i slammed like three bang energy drinks at that time it was like what 10 o'clock at night and i was sitting on that camera pouring sweat poor i was shaking <laughs> like and i was just like all right keep it calm let's go let's get it going here and then like i was about like i was talking a mile a minute it was a great time it was a great time and then i just you know went for a little walk in the in walk in the apartment building make sure everybody in wilkinsburg knew what was up that uh love you know, it i own i own a suit but all right everybody i'll be back on tomorrow with steven make sure to subscribe to us youtube.com slash all steelers talk anywhere you get your audio podcast like i said enjoy your day peace <laughs>